Hi, welcome to the President's Podcast at Austin Community College. I am Jessica Vess here with ACC President CEO, Dr. Richard Rhodes. Hi, Dr. Rhodes. Hi, Jessica. Thanks Good for be being here. here. Well, Hi. you know, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. Yes. I'm glad our and listeners glad are listening. Yes. And I'm glad they're here. <laughs> yes, they. This, this is exciting. This is exciting, and yeah. the they you're referencing are our wonderful guests for the podcast today, where we're really diving into talk about guided pathways at ACC, understanding what that means for the college, for our students, and for our community. Joining us is ACC trustee Nicole Eversman. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you for joining us. ACC provost, Dr. Charles Cook. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Dr. Cook and one of our professors of psychology and the president of Faculty Senate, Dr. Missy Patterson. Hello. Hello. This is a great group to have as part of our Guided Pathways conversation because each person here has been instrumental in kicking off Guided Pathways, exploring Guided Pathways, and implementing it at ACC. Why has this been such an important process for the college? It is, you know, Guided Pathways is a national movement, uh, especially among community colleges to make sure that students actually, that there is an intentional uh, pathway to get to a career goal or get to their future and achieve their dreams. And, and it's, so it's not a smorgasbord or a cafeteria style that you know community colleges have been uh, accused of in the past uh, of not intentionally helping students focus on their career or the future. So Guided Pathways really helps to make that happen. Every institution approaches it differently. And one of the interesting things about our Guided Pathways is how it actually began and how we began this journey. Uh, and it dates back, what, four? 2015. Yeah, four yeah, years four ago. Years. Yes, if my math is correct. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> and it, it was a conversation at a conference uh, on promising practices yes. uh, for community colleges. Missy Patterson just happened to be there and, you know, we were talking about how, how do you begin to get guided pathway? How do you go approach that journey and, and try to get buy-in from all of the constituents within the college? And so maybe I can turn it over to Missy <laughs> because she is the brainchild Gosh. of the Futures Institute. Uh, well, thank you for that, although I do feel like it was a very joint effort. But um, the idea was something like, um, what I'm used to calling a faculty learning community. Um, but instead of just being focused on faculty where you have a community of learners and everybody working together for a period of time um, to create a process and a product, uh, instead we thought it would be fun to incorporate people from all across the college. We assumed everybody would attack pathways in a different way and have very different perspectives on it. So we thought we needed folks from financial aid and we needed folks from student services and we needed faculty and we needed administrators. And the idea was that we would spend a full year investigating pathways, um, going to colleges that had already implemented pathways, and really taking a deep dive to see how we could make it our own here at ACC. And you know, uh, Missy, in addition to the faculty and staff who were the primary participants, by the way, we, we opened it up to application mm -hmm. and we got over 110 applicants that summer and we thought, uh, well, that's going to be a little unwieldy. We're going to need to narrow that down. So we narrowed it down to about 22, I believe. But we were missing a student, a student voice. And luckily, 
we asked uh, the Phi Theta Kappa Student Honor Association if they would nominate somebody in student government. Mm -hmm. So we got the student government president and we got an outstanding representative from Phi Theta Kappa by the name of Nicole Eversman. So uh, let me ask Nicole, <laughs> what, are, what are your memories of the Futures Institute and uh, how did it impact your view of your college? Yeah, I, being a part of the Futures Institute was transformational for me. And I was really given a voice in an intentional way by the faculty and administrators that worked with the Futures Institute because if Allison or I were quiet on a topic, a lot of people would turn to us and be like, what do you think about this? You know, as someone who interacts with the campus in a different way as a student, her and I were able to add a lot of value to those discussions, and I'm very thankful to have been a part of it for my personal development, but also for the impact that we were able to have. Yeah. What was your experience after, so you went through um, that period of time where you did the institute, and then what was your experience as a student after that? Well, I had one semester really because mm -hmm. the fall semester of 2015 is when we were very involved with right. the Futures Institute and the spring semester we did have some follow-up work and some like campus meetings right. and after that was a summer I was working full-time and I was only in one class, so, okay. <laughs> which was a math class. So I don't, I don't think there was a lot of theoretical. <laughs> but it was that fall, that August of 2016, that I declared candidacy for the board. And really, my interest in running at all was because of how invested I felt after doing this research with the Futures Institute. And from our discussions with other colleges who were already in the implementation process, this was really a, a five to 10 year transition for the college. And I saw a role on the board, the six year term, as something, a way that I could follow through on the work that we were doing in the Futures Institute. And maybe you can talk about the three colleges that were visited right. uh, because of their experience down the guided pathways. Um, and which one, which college did you actually get to visit? The City Colleges of Chicago. City Colleges of Chicago. Which I went one? to Sinclair. Sinclair. And the third one we visited was Miami-Dade uh, College in Florida. Right. So those had been highlighted in the book. We used, we called it the Bible. It was our uh, <laughs> book from which uh, Davis Jenkins, who was the guest speaker at the uh, conference, talked about this book, Redesigning America's Community Colleges. And it was really an inspirational book, I think, for all of us. And it talked about, it praised community colleges, as you say, for the good work we've done over the years in opening doors and providing access. But it took us to task, and rightfully so, that not enough of our students were graduating, were completing. So it talked about things that colleges like Sinclair and Chicago and uh, Miami-Dade had done. And we decided the best way to to validate this is to actually go and visit and talk directly to those folks. And I don't know about you, Missy and Nicole, but I found it very stimulating, very inspirational 
you know, thinking, hey, if these guys can do it, we can do it in Austin. We can do it better, better, right. (laughs) Missy, what what do you think? I really enjoyed it, and one of the things I appreciated about the book um, was I saw myself in it. You know, it said that there was an important role for faculty in um, going down the guided pathways approach, and so I was really excited to have the opportunity to talk to faculty at Sinclair and hear how they had experienced it. And it was really a very different approach. Uh, I think many faculty, we come into our career, we are excited about the autonomy the classroom gives us, we're excited about our discipline and, and courses that we're very excited to teach. And it was an important wake up call for me to talk with colleagues who said, you know what, if you're teaching a class that you love, but it is not gonna help a student transfer to a four year institution, how are you really serving the student? And so it just kind of opened my eyes to thinking about things in a different way instead of education being about me, instead of it being my world and my domain, I really wanted to turn it around and start thinking about how am I serving my students with everything that I do. So that was one of the big things I took away from that visit. You know, one of the things that often happens uh, at institutions over a period of years is and different initiatives mm-hmm. that come forward. Um, and, you know, oftentimes I, I think, you know, the faculty and the staff think, well, you know, the president or the administration went off to this conference and they got this idea and they brought this idea back and here it's just another initiative. How is Guided Pathways different from that? Well, for me, I think that some people are still believing that, but it's so clearly to me a very different approach. Uh, there are things that you can do that have an endpoint. Like we created um, path ma- pathway maps, right? That's right. that was a, a, not really a one and done, but it was something that <laughs> yeah. took a lot of time. But then it was it was completed, right? right. And so I think some people thought, oh, we're we're done with pathways. Yeah. We made the pathways, yeah. right? Yeah. But there's so much more to it, and really, it's about examining for faculty. I, I mean, I speak best for faculty. I know it has a lot to say for other um, areas of the college, but for faculty, it asks me to speak with my colleagues about what they're doing in their classes so I'm not overlapping, um, to be constantly investigating what I'm doing in the class to ensure that I am subscribing to best practices and tweaking my courses so that I'm serving students well. Um, None of these are things that I think are just about pathways and unlikely to go away you know when you know if if pathways were ever done it's things that we should have been thinking about a long time ago and that I hope we'll continue to work on so one of the principles of pathways is to ensure students are learning and uh, Missy uh, also uh, I think contributed greatly to another great initiative we have which fits under pathway how do we improve our teaching and learning so that students are truly learning and they're not just these passive recipients of a lecture that they're taking notes and then going home and memorizing and regurgitating on the test. How does it become really meaningful to them? And uh, as a result of another conference, we came up with the idea for Project ACC. You want to talk a little bit about that? So that was... I might be a one-trick pony. Um, it was another faculty learning community. <laughs> but, um, but this one was a fellowship that we offered to 15 faculty members. We did it for three years. They had one semester to investigate some new teaching techniques 
um, a second semester to implement them in a classroom setting and to measure the outcomes of that. And then in the summer, they shared what they learned with 50 faculty at a summer institute. So it was all about giving faculty the opportunity to investigate things of interest to them, implement them in ways that made sense to them, and then share with their colleagues. And it's really nice to go to a conference that's put on by your ACC colleagues because you know that it works with our students. So. Um, I think that that was really helpful, and it's all part of Pathways. I think many people who attended Project ACC would have said, I was part of Project ACC. I, they don't know right, Pathways, right, yeah. but they, they were doing something that was yeah. you know, belonging to the Pathways umbrella by investigating those teaching techniques. An umbrella is a good term. We're, we're emphasizing that really these are all part of the big puzzle. Pathways is the umbrella under which all these initiatives live to help us achieve our strategic plan. So the first three goals to our strategic plan is getting students on a path, keeping them on a path, and completing that path. So it's the access and entry, right. persistence, and completion. Absolutely. And that's stuff that we all took a deep dive into as members of the Futures Institute. And seeing that on our strategic plan, I really encourage you guys to look at it if you haven't, because you have the main goal and then all of these bullet points underneath of what it looks like to achieve that. And so something really great based on the feedback that we got for the strategic plan is that we want everyone that works for the college to see themselves in at least one of those bullet points. We have heard that feedback that people sometimes ask, well, how does that impact me? How does it differ? How does it impact the way I, I do my job? And so we're going to tackle that at the General Assembly. We're going to have breakouts for different groups of employees so that they can explore different ways in which they really do impact students. Uh, uh, our film crew, our uh, instructional designers, our counselors, certainly, everybody in the college, our accountants. Uh, our president, everybody has a major role in how they can impact student success. And so we want everybody to feel that they're part of that team. Yeah. You know, and one of the important things about whenever you, you roll out a new, whether you call it initiative or, you know, just a change in the way that uh, we operate, is you want to look and say, how are we going to measure whether or not this was successful? Uh, and I think, you know, we've been through enough years now with Guided Pathways that we can take that measurement, that metric, and say, okay, what has happened to the numbers of graduates uh, at ACC? What has happened to the graduation rate uh, over that period of time? Uh, like, graduation rates ha have tripled. Uh, the numbers of graduates has gone up significantly. Persistence rates from, you know, fall to fall, from fall to spring, has increased dramatically over that period of time. And so you begin to, to say, okay, it, what we're doing, is it making a difference? Um, and, and so it's important that, you know, not only you have a plan, but how do you measure the effectiveness of that plan? And you know, Dr. Rose, part of it, it's not just that we've uh, increased all those metrics, but we're also closing gaps. And this kind of goes to how we tweaked our plan. Uh, we recognize that uh, progress has not been equitably achieved and enjoyed across groups. And we have uh, our Hispanic 
students or our fastest growing numbers of students are African-American students who have historically not had the same rates of success. And some of our uh, initiatives under Guided Pathways, like the Student Success Course, uh, have really narrowed those gaps. African-American male students had our lowest rates of persistence, 64%. Uh, once we implemented the student success course comparing students who took it versus those who did not, that rate increased to 86%, virtually eliminating mm -hmm. gaps with the other groups of students. So that's really uh, affirming to see that kind of result. Yeah, you know, it, because it's critical when we talk about this, we're talking about equity and inclusion. Right. And the new mantra for ACC, ACC is for everyone. For everyone. Um, really fits into Guided Pathways. And so, you know, one of the things that, that we always have to look at too uh, is something like the accelerator. So different things are, you know, there are different components that come in, but it's a result of reevaluating how we're serving students uh, and how can we do it better to make sure that they do achieve their dreams and, you know, get, meet the objectives that they came to us with. Uh, and so it's, uh, you know, like, like the accelerator as an exactly. example, is, is a good example of closing the disparity gaps, uh, especially in mathematics. You know, I, uh, I recently uh, was speaking at a, another community college uh, just outside of Chicago, and I got to a point and I was talking about math anxiety because I was talking about Jenny Bragdon, uh, one of our, our students. Who, um, who was on one of our podcasts, who had an extreme fear of mathematics uh, and mathematic anxiety. So I asked the group, and these are their faculty and staff sitting in the audience, you know, about 600 of them. And I said, so how many of you had math anxiety uh, when you were in college? And I, it, was, it had to be 80%. Right. 80 I, I was the math among faculty, them. right? And, yeah, yeah. And, I, and so I asked, which one, are, you know, which one of you are the accountants and the, and the math faculty? Because it is just incredibly transformative, I think was the word you used in uh, recognizing the power we have to truly impact student lives and their future. And just looking at Missy and, and thinking back about you know, that four years ago when we first started that conversation and then moving to today, you know, and, and the different roles that you've played in making sure that Guided Pathways is implemented and implemented correctly and that we're moving forward. So looking at, at it today, what do you think the college can do better to make sure that, uh, let's say in 2030, that people around the country say, look at ACC and they say, you know, that is the place that made a difference. Well, I think we are making a difference. Um, and I think that the college has done an awful lot. I mean, things like the accelerator, things like changing um, our counseling and advising structures. There have been a lot of changes that have been made that are really supporting students. And right now, for me, I'm hoping to invite my teaching colleagues to start to find themselves in pathways because I think that what we could do better is to make that invitation a little more transparent. Um, because as college-wide structures are changing to support students, it's important that we pay attention to our own data. 
And I think a lot of faculty, if we look at our grades and we think we're passing a lot of students and students are learning successfully, then we've done our job and we have, but we can always do more by pulling ourselves out of our silos, talking with our colleagues, um, finding out more about how to bring new and exciting ideas into the classroom. Um, I think often we're so busy with the art of teaching that we forget that you can improve your teaching by having you know, conversations with colleagues and with students. Um, one of the things that I was really excited to do was I was challenged to do a focus group with my students to ask them about some new teaching techniques that I was gonna try out. And it turns out when you ask students what they think, they will tell you um, a lot. It was, it was just really fascinating to me because when they feel like they're a partner in the learning process, you don't even necessarily have to change much of what you're doing, but if you, tell them, hey, I'm trying something new, they're excited. They, and they, they want to give you feedback. So it really reinvigorates the teaching process and I think the learning process. And so I think that's something that we can do is to invite faculty into this, make them feel a part of it. Um, because I think that there is a way that each person can find themselves in the strategic plan. And you have only to look through it and read it. Absolutely. And so, Nicole, you've been on the board for now almost three years. Switching from student uh, and participant mm -hmm. in the Futures Academy to now trustee. So what, what do you think about the college and the direction it's headed as a result of Guided Pathways? I think it's really amazing and a lot of that perspective also comes from having transferred because as a student at the University of Texas your undergraduate courses are sometimes taught by faculty who have hundreds of students or faculty that are more focused on their research. And so at Austin Community College, my experience as a student and the experiences of my friends who've attended has been much more personal. And so that advising aspect makes a difference in how a student feels seen and how they feel like they matter on the campus. And that's so important to persistence and completion. And I think also now, having read these research studies about student success, I'm personally more intentional about connecting with faculty members. And my last year at UT, I made some great connections with faculty and I'm looking forward to being able to do that at the LBJ School. Awesome. You know, we just finished uh, round one of the Texas Pathways Project. As Dr. Rhodes said at the beginning, uh, Got It Pathways is a movement that has spread across the nation, particularly community colleges, but also universities. I mm -hmm. uh, brought an article from uh, Chronicle of Higher Ed talking about the state of Georgia. Uh, they are uh, infusing meta-majors, areas of study, in all of their public universities to help students find a quicker connection to their passion, their ultimate uh, career interests. But where I was going with this, uh, we're lucky in Texas in that we've had good philanthropic support for these Pathways Institutes. Mm -hmm. Missy, you've been to a couple of them, I think. Nicole, did you get to go to any? Maybe we need to get you back in the mix on that. <laughs> but we just finished up six institutes, and the last one, Dr. Rhodes, we had 30 participants. Uh, from so ACC. From ACC, yeah. we were the biggest group there. So we're gonna have six more institutes in the coming years, and I want to invite any of our listeners who are interested in learning more and participating to, to let us know. Give me an email, give me a call. I'm happy to include you as a participant in a future institute, and that's where you really can uh, 
you know, get involved in the creation and, and revision of what we're doing. Yeah, you know, and that's a good point, too, in that we're not in this journey by ourselves. Uh, number one. Number two is through Cynthia Farrell, Dr. Cynthia Farrell mm -hmm. uh, at the Texas Success Center uh, through the Texas Association of Community Colleges. We've got strong support to make sure that we have those collaborative conversations with other faculty and staff and administrators from other colleges throughout right. the state of Texas. And when we, you know, we started this at a Promising Practices um, conference, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what takes place uh, in these in, uh, uh, sessions that you're talking exactly. about is the exchange of ideas um, and making, you know, each one of us better, you know, sharp, sharpening that saw. You bet. It's about getting out of your own uh, uh, world, so to speak, uh, not only engaging with your colleagues across the college, but engaging with colleagues across other colleges. because. Even though we're all different, we're all special, we're all unique, uh, it's amazing we're all facing the same sort of challenges. And there are best practices to be learned, and there's networks to be joined. So uh, it's been a great uh, ride through round one, and we're looking to round two. We're applying as a cadre one plus. We're considered one of the leaders in the state, so I'm I'm proud of that, and hopefully we will be accepted. I feel sure we will as uh, part of that cadre. Yeah, you know um, what it boils down to is when everybody is involved and everybody has that that focus on the student and the success of that student. Um, it really means that the college has moved to a culture of caring. Uh, culture of caring what happens to our students mm -hmm. not just how do we get more students into the front door um, because you know uh, historically that uh, unfortunately has been kind of what community college right. has been you know because we had such a great such a big focus on access right. that uh, we didn't take the time to say what happens to the students once they get here uh, and so this is this really means that we care what happens you know not only about getting the community in but how do we make sure that they truly do achieve their dreams and it, it's all about caring so, so I was recently I'm, I'm on the board of the American Association of Community Colleges and so elected that board we had our board meeting last week in Washington DC and we have some new board members who were just recently elected uh, and so in order to kind of break the ice and, and to talk about what's happening at, at our college, and, and we had to be very brief and succinct. And what they said is, what are you the most proud of uh, at your college? So uh, got to me and I said, I am the most proud of our faculty and our staff and the way that they have embraced um, student success and through guided pathways. Um, and I, that, is true that comes from the heart I am truly privileged to work at an institution where our faculty and our staff have embraced student success and they do care about what happens to our students so I want to say thank you uh, Missy to you and all of your faculty cohorts but also in you know student services uh, and everybody who works at ACC uh, is looking at that student and saying how can I help make them successful uh, and I truly appreciate and I, and you know that was heartfelt that from me it is all about our faculty and staff committed to this embracing it and that includes our trustees <laughs> <laughs> For sure. and that is guided pathways at ACC the first of 
involvement of it. Um, and it is <laughs> it is evolving <laughs> uh, continuously with all the support yeah. and collaboration with the cross-section of the college, including our students, as we had and saw today. Thank you, Dr. Rhodes. And thank you to all of our guests here today, Trustee Eversman, Dr. Cook, and Dr. Patterson. We appreciate everyone's input and insights in this conversation. 